0: Big dog, big dog. He's super dog, big dog, super dog. He's a super dog. He's a superhero. He came to Earth from outer space. Oh, and like, welcome to the All-Star Superfan Podcast. I'm not going to do that all night. This is the podcast that unravels the spooky mysteries surrounding the full 85-year legacy of the Man of Steel. I'm one of your meddling millennials, Rob O'Connor, and joining me as always is the Mullingar mystery solver himself, Mr. Alan Burke. How are you doing tonight, bud? I don't live in
1: I don't live in Mullingar anymore. I live in County Galway.
0: <laughs> well, gang, it seems like we've solved another mystery,
1: <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you nosy kids.
0: Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky at All Star Superfan, and Twitter at All Star Super Pod. Please rate and review the show wherever you get it, especially on Apple Podcasts, and send us any mysteries that need solving to allstarsuperpod at gmail.com now it's pretty obvious what our show is going to be about tonight but before we get into that alan any superman related uh, news or updates you want to bring us up to speed with
1: I mean, I, I haven't lived in Mullingar since like twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh my goodness! Gracious. <laughs> um,
0: any more super?
1: Any Superman related? No, not 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 particularly. Um, I've been I'm still reading through War War, uh, War World Saga, uh, which it. I'm enjoying, and uh, I finally finished my adventures with Superman, which I can't wait to do an episode oh, yes. on that. I watched uh, all ten episodes, and I really really liked it. Spoiler alert! And I've kind of gone back. I found when when I was unpacking more boxes there recently, I found my ten seasons of Smallville, four of which are still in their original wrapper and have never been oh, opened. Wow! Um, so I might uh, the TV, my new TV is arriving tomorrow, so I'm hoping to. Um, I I said on the podcast before about how I dropped the TV and I broke it, so I had to order a new TV. <sighs> um, yeah, it was that was not a good day to be married to Alan Burke. I'll tell you <laughs> that much. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching a couple of episodes. I know we have an appearance coming up on Always Hold On to Smallville oh, yeah. shortly, which I'm looking forward to, to to that. So I'm going to watch that on good old DVD. Um, and yeah, just uh, just enjoying general just the general stuff really. Nothing, nothing, nothing major. Nothing, n- nothing huge. Um, I have to get on to Dublin City Comics actually. They haven't forwarded me any of the new um. The the Superman 78? metal curtain, yeah, Superman seventy eight. I only had the uh, they only sent me the first issue, so I have to I have to make sure see what's going on yeah. there because I I know there's what well, there's a few issues out now. Is there? Yeah, two or I three? think there's
0: two or three. I've I've read. I believe I've read three issues. I might be an issue behind. I might be wrong on that. Uh, I'm I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I'm enjoying it a little bit more this year. I think there's a bit more to it. A bit more going on. I don't. I still don't love it. I think think it's just okay. But it's it's I I'm enjoying it more than I enjoyed the last series. I'm also reading uh justice league versus godzilla versus kong i think i mentioned i mentioned last week that or i mentioned on the last episode we recorded that i was looking forward to reading it i've now read the first two issues and it's pretty great like even if you don't like if you don't like godzilla or any of that stuff at all it doesn't really matter like it's more of a justice league story anyway and it's a pretty good justice league story the guy who wrote it brian Brian, his second name starts with a B, and I'm really, really sorry that I don't know it, but he just gets the Justice League's voices really good in it, and there's some great sort of Lois Lane and Clark Kent stuff in there as well, and just really nice, familiar uh, DC feels that so I, I really enjoyed uh, reading the first few issues, so I'm looking forward to reading the rest of that and um,
1: I, I need to finish space ages is volume three out yet
0: I don't believe volume three is out yet no but I uh, will yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll I've read the first out. two
1: volumes I just dawned on me there the other day that I need to I need to finish that because I was really enjoying that book um, that series so I, I have to I have to finish that I, I thought I thought it was out because I was couldn't see about ordering it um maybe tomorrow Um I just finished oh my goodness not, you're right not, it is
0: it is out is it no it is not it Yes, it is. Sorry, we'll cut all this out. It came out in it's twenty first of February, twenty twenty three. It came out last year. Oh shit! So we're miles behind. Oh, yeah, the we space have to. Age. We got to catch up on both yeah, of those. We,
1: we, I have to finish that, and I I wouldn't mind doing an episode of that as well because I, I'm really enjoying that book, and I'd like to talk about. It. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. So I, I'm reading Patrick Stewart's autobiography at the mo- moment. I just finished it today, actually. And it was, it was good. You, you, you were saying, just off mic there before, that you think he was he lined up to play Dorette at one point?
0: Oh, I, t- I think at one stage. Like when McGee was going to direct Superman, he was one of the names that was thrown around. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but like years and years and years ago, I remember him being asked about it, and he said, oh yeah, I'd, I'd have no issue doing a third big franchise <laughs> for the money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a little Eagle Moss, Enterprise dear, Um But yeah, no, it's... I, I only learned when reading the book that I never knew that Patrick Stewart had an affair with the actress who played Vosh.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yes, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I never knew that.
0: But uh, yeah, like, it, it was an interesting
1: read. I, I definitely, if you're a fan of... Um, if you're a fan of Star Trek, you'd probably be disappointed by it. There's not a lot of Star Trek stuff in it. But if you're a fan of him himself or acting in general. Yeah. Uh, he really, like the first 17, 18 chapters of the book is all about his career up to the point where he got Star Trek. And it's all really interesting stuff about a jobbing actor and the struggles that that entails and stuff. I really, really enjoyed that. And um, doesn't seem like much of a family man, even though he had two kids. Uh, I think he talks about his dog more than he talks about his kids. But oh wow, other than that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a bit surprised by that to be honest i knew i knew he was um divorced and stuff but yeah very little mention of kind of family life and all that kind of stuff Kind of flies by all that very quickly but yeah i if you if like i said if you're if you're into acting and the kind of the process of that i, I highly recommend that. that that was a
0: good read yeah I, I i think people kind of forget that he isn't john luke picard he's actually kind of a very uh he seems like he lives a very vicarious life and uh i remember john already want to get into hearsay here but john delancey kind of implied one time when i met him that uh you know you know certain people are happy with their lot in life and certain people always want more and, and always want to kind of go back to the well and uh i i, I won't i won't divulge into what, what he meant by that but i think Looking at some of well, Pat,
1: uh, Pat, Patrick Stewart's out there now, talking about how he wants to do another, he wants to do a Picard movie again, and I'm like, just draw a line at the story is over. Um, yeah, forget about it. Let's move on. But anyway, Scooby Doo,
0: Scooby Doo, um, yeah. So to get into tonight's topic of discussion, it's been mentioned once or twice uh, amongst other things. I'm a big Scooby Doo fan. Uh, I know quite an awful lot of Scooby Doo. And there's been quite a number of crossovers between Mystery Inc. and the DC Universe, usually centered around Batman, surprise, surprise. But in this particular case, it is our great pleasure and great delight to report that Mystery Inc. has come to Metropolis in a feature-length animated movie called Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2. Uh, This came out... Uh, earlier, or, or, it's not a, sequel. It's, no, it's no, not a no, sequel. it's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. T double This came out towards the end of 2023, but there was a bit of kind of controversy around it earlier in the year. When I think that that w- one of the Warner Brothers tax write-off things, like the Batgirl movie, was a Scooby-Doo uh, live at, or feature-length movie, um, Scoob Holiday Haunt, I believe it was called. It was a sequel to the to the theatrical uh, Scoob movie. Uh, I didn't see that one. It didn't get great reviews, but this was a sequel to that. And they basically said, nope, we're not releasing that. It's finished, but we're not releasing it. And there was rumors that they were also not going to release this crypto uh, movie, which is one of the the long-running Scooby-Doo um, animated straight-to-video uh, features. And uh, everyone was really upset about that. And I think it actually leaked online at one stage. Not really sure what happened there. But surprise, surprise, it actually did get a release. It's out on DVD. You can get it. And it's well worth getting the DVD because it comes with two bonus episodes on it, one of which we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, yeah, so Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2. What, what, like, I mean, where, where are you coming at in terms of Scooby-Doo?
1: Um, I'm not nearly as big a fan as you. My my earliest real memories, I didn't really grow up with Scooby-Doo. In the 80s, I used to watch a, a cartoon on Saturday mornings called A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Yes. Um, which was kind of the eighties was big into like Muppet Babies and Scooby Doo when he was a pup, and the 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 characters the kids were all the teenagers were all kids and stuff. And I remember that I had the catchiest theme song ever, um, pop, pop, and then baby. when Scooby I was Scooby
0: Doo, Scooby
1: Doo, that's it, Scooby Doo. And then when I was in kind of late primary school, which would be what uh, uh what do they call it in the states? What's call it called? Element, primary
0: elementary, elementary school, school
1: yeah or even probably maybe junior high in the states kind of those kind of years when i was kind of 12 maybe even a bit younger maybe 10 11 i um i used to come home from school and watch uh, the cartoon network and they used to which is a well, everybody knows what the cartoon network is and it used to show at that time a lot of kind of cartoons from the 60s and 70s yeah um and the original scooby-doo where Are you cartoon was constantly on that I, mean, I used to watch a lot of those episodes yeah um but i was never a huge kind of like uh, huge fan i remember when my sister was young she loved the um Fred prince jr sarah michelle geller movies and i saw yeah. them numerous times see,
0: see that movie came out in the prime of my like i think i was like 11 or 12 when that came out so I was like exactly the right age to not be too old for it and still get really really into it so that first uh Matthew Lillard Freddie Prince Jr Sarah Michelle Geller movie I, I that was that was that was amazing when that came out and I remember I got like there was a tie-in souvenir magazine that came out with it and it had like episode guides to so, like every Scooby-Doo cartoon ever and like all these detailed kind of uh looks at all the animated movies of I them mean, I think it must have been that magazine really kind of made me dive into the the rabbit hole of scooby-Doo and uh I think that so yeah I feel like anyone who was the right age for that first movie uh you know that, 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 that's that that's the kind of the main reason i I, I got into scooby-Doo
1: and I was a huge Buffy fan at the time. Like, mm. I was... When, what, what year did the first one come out? Maybe 2002?
0: 2002, yeah. So there was still Ish. one more season of Buffy to come after that, Yeah.
1: Buffy left. So, like, I was I was 17, 18 at that point. But I remember watching it with my sister a lot. And I remember, I think, from what I can recall, I quite liked the second one a little bit more than the first one.
0: Oh, the first one's better. Um, the second one... Actually, in, in fairness, the second one, it has more villains from the actual cartoon. Um, which and they're like there's way more whereas the the first film is is just Rowan Atkinson and a bunch of original characters but uh yeah no the the first one the second one's worth a watch but the the first one's better I think
1: it's a long it's a long long time since I've seen it and then I started kind of seeing newer episodes of the cartoon since I had Lana Jean Mm. um we were in Smith's uh, a toy store over the side of the pond um uh, like last year and she saw the figures and she saw the mystery machine toys we picked them up um and there's a, like I can't get over the amount of variations of Scooby Doo cartoons yeah. over the last kind of twenty years. Like even looking them up on streaming services, there there's so many different ones and different names. And I've I, we've watched a good few. Uh, some ones I've really liked. Some ones I haven't liked as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, i I'd, I'd be. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I I definitely like 60 years and you know people like Frank Welker and stuff in it who just are just legends of, you know, voice voicing animation and stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot.
0: And yeah, like I mean, you mentioned it there that there is a couple of series um I would say if if you are a slightly older fan of these kinds of things or or you're in any way into, there's one called Mystery Incorporated from around 2010. And that was that was like probably I think the best Scooby Doo show ever and it was it was aimed at like definitely older kids. It's much more of a kind of legit animated series type thing. There's like a there there's like a big there's a mystery that spans the entire series and it really gets into the characters a lot more and they they have character arcs and everything and it's it's a really really well done show. So if anyone's kind of semi interested in in watching a really quality Scooby-Doo show, I'd definitely check that one out. Obviously the classics are well worth a watch but they, they show their age in many ways as well and uh, and some of those animated movies man some of them are great too Zombie Island I did an episode of Bat Minute uh, podcast and both hosts of that were so surprised by how much they actually really enjoyed that and uh, yeah there's a bunch of really good ones and, and tonight's one you know we're talking about Scooby-Doo crossing over with the DC Universe. You want to talk about crossovers with the DC Universe? We'll get into it later on. There are so many crossovers, like Scooby-Doo, either just meeting Batman, meeting other DC characters, and in this case, meeting Superman. But then he meets, like, you know, there's an animated movie where he meets Kiss. There's one where he meets John Cena and the WWE. There's all these crazy... What was
1: that what was i vividly remember the there was and it wasn't a cameo because i think he was in the entire series Mm. there was a vincent price one kind of 13 ghosts the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo
0: is a series it only has 13 it only has 13 episodes and they never catch the 13th ghost And their mentor in it is a guy called Vincent Van Gogh, played by Vincent Price. Oh, very good. And I I actually, it's, not everybody loves that one. I think that one's great. (laughs) Definitely check that one out. Okay, cool. And Shaggy has a red shirt in that one. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it means business. Um,
1: Alana Jean has, uh, Alana Jean has two uh, Shaggy figures for some reason. One has a white shirt underneath his green t-shirt and one has a brown one. So, we call one Shaggy and one Scruffy. I see. Interesting,
0: (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Um, and do, do you mind me, how, does Alana Jean like Scooby-Doo, generally speaking, or... Yeah. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, she does. It's not one of the big... Like, she's she's big into like stuff that's more modern, like Paw Patrol mm. and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, like, she does watch... I do have her watching things like Masters of the Universe in the 80s and the real Ghostbusters and stuff as well. Mm. But she's really into kind of more modern stuff. But she really enjoyed the Scoob movie that came out a couple of years yes. ago. Um, where it was kind of like a more... It was almost like... Um, Superbets kind of quality, kind of a, a CGI kind of animation show or it was a
0: CGI yeah feature, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: And it shows how they met, and then it, it kind of fast forwards into the future, and they they kind of have this adventure with this superhero. I think his name is Blue Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dick dasterly is in it. Some of the other Hanna Barbera car- um characters, and I I did love Hanna Barbera back in the day, yeah. Back like Flintstones and all that kind of stuff. Like I was there when they used to just repeat the same shows over and over and over again on Cartoon Network, and I always had Space Ghost and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah so she does that's when she wanted to get the toys and we saw them one day and they were ridiculously cheap I think I got the four action figures for like 10 bucks and I got the, the mystery machine for another 10 or something like that and she still plays with them constantly yeah I, I um, actually she, I, loves, she loves those I figures. think I have
0: the same ones she has and I also got them really cheap Um, I was trying, someone was asking me about it. It was like, why do you think you still like Scooby-Doo as a 35 year old man? And I was like, I I think what it comes down to is I really like superhero stories. And I like, you know, people going up against supervillains and impossible odds and all that kind of stuff. And Scooby-Doo is basically, you know, it's just normal teens going up against supervillains every week and having to take them down with kind of conventional and that they have to use. Their intelligence, they have to come up with a plan and solve the mystery and come up with a trap and do all these things. They have to work together. And in many ways, it's actually it leads to more interesting storytelling than just, you know, they have to punch them, you know, and there are Scooby-Doo shows like that, too, where they just punch them. But, uh, yeah, I I kind of think it's that. And and I think it's it's a very timeless format for for a story like you can kind of just tell stories forever that way and they have like at one stage there was more Scooby-Doo cartoons than the Simpsons now the Simpsons has long since surpassed it but like it was it it's a really really long running uh franchise you know especially compared to like you know you don't really hear about the Flintstones anymore the Jetsons or all these other Hanna-Barbera things but Scooby-Doo is still going strong um but yeah
1: tell me something just to get away from Scooby-Doo for a moment tell me about your thoughts on and we may have discussed it in the super pets episode, but what are your thoughts on crypto as a character himself
0: great question uh yeah i th- I think like i i I don't think he works for every version of superman, and i don't I don't think it's you know it it is one of those elements that can feel just a little bit too whimsical and too silly, but like as I get older and we're constantly dealing with people who just want Superman to be so serious and so devoid of whimsy and silliness and goofiness of any kind i'm just like yeah man like i I can deal with a dog that wears a cape you know like and i that i've really loved that super pets movie and no i don't want the status quo superman origin to be that you know crypto is in the ship with him and they grew up together and all that but i think in the right in the right situation it's 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 a really it's a really lovely part of the mythos and i i you know, and if they want to bring it into this new movie, which there are rumors that they're going to, like I I don't think I'd have anything against that. Where do you stand?
1: I'm I'm kind of the same. Obviously, I absolutely hated it as a yeah. teenager. Like the, the idea of Streaky the Supercat and all this kind of stuff was like ridiculous. But now that again that I'm older and I'm looking back and I kind of just want that simplicity. Mm. Now like I don't want crypto in a Christopher Reeve movie, or I don't want the you know, but I could I, I would be a lot more amenable to seeing crypto in Superman Legacy than I would have been 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's something I could see James Gunn doing. Oh, 100%.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, I'm, I always think it's fun. Uh, when we saw Super Pets in the cinema uh, afterwards, I played a couple episodes of the crypto cartoon that came out kind of 15 years ago or 20 years ago for Alana Jean. And she loved those episodes. And she's got um, some of the Super Pets toys and stuff. So, anything that kind of opens it up for the younger generations and the younger kids and as a gateway into it i'm all for that all for that's that.
0: That, so, that's yeah. really funny that you say that as well because i remember when that crypto cartoon came out and i was outraged i was like this is this is a disgrace they're like besmirching the good name of superman with this toy this you know this uh cartoon for babies you know that kind of way whereas now i kind of look like no you need that like what what, what other what other cartoon is there for kids that to introduce them to Superman? You know, not everything can be this animated series for fifteen-year-olds and upwards. You know, so yeah, I mean, I like Crypto. I, I actually I vividly remember there was there was a and we'll get onto the movie now in a sec. There, there was a a, a a British reprint comic. So that we have these uh, reprint comics over here where they'll you, you'll get three uh, American comics in one uh, reprint for, for like five euro or something like that. It's really good value. It's how I read a lot of, of the big, the famous, um, uh, storylines, Batman and Superman storylines growing up was there was a, there was a comic called Batman legends. And I remember at the time they were reprinting hush, which was obviously a huge, uh, storyline at the time. And then they were also reprinting, uh, public enemies by Jeff Loeb and crypto showed up in that. And there was all these angry letters from people saying, this is ridiculous. like what what character is this This, i I nearly don't want to buy the comic anymore because it was so ridiculous um but yeah that was funny
1: oh man yeah no i like i said i think anything like four or five year olds anything that brings them into into comic books or makes them want to read comic books or get interested in it i am i'm all for that in in 2024 i was going to say 2023
0: but let's talk about the movie let's talk about the movie so scooby-doo and crypto 2
1: yeah, directed by Cecilia Aranovich, uh, written by TK O'Brien, starring uh, Frank Weller, Matthew Lillard, Gray Griffin, Kate McCucci, I think. Charles Halford is Lex, who I have to I want to talk yes. about him because it's very Clancy Brown esque yeah. voice wise, yeah. I think. And there's a lot of um there's a lot of influence there from um Superman the Animated Series. Uh Nolan North plays a number of characters, including Superman yeah. Tara Strong is in it. Uh, Released September 26th, 2023, with a runtime of one hour and 16 minutes. Uh, The synopsis is, with the Justice League's sudden disappearance, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen investigate the Hall of Justice, but are quickly chased out by a phantom, prompting them to call Mystery Incorporated for help. En route from Metropolis the gang discovered that the city is overrun by supervillain uh, by supervillains as a result of the missing Justice League. Now this thing is absolutely chock block full of easter eggs. Yeah. Um to previous versions of Superman, Superman the uh, the movie and Superman 2, I wanted to talk about those easter eggs. Um a lot of easter eggs uh, if you are a fan of and it's an often kind of forgotten era of Superman is kind of like um the Hanna-Barbera series from the 70s the Super Friends uh, Hanna-Barbera did uh, Super Friends didn't they
0: Yeah sorry so Hanna-Barbera did Super Friends and then Filmation I think did the other one the one that you like from the 60s there's that there's definitely both companies did it at different times. so I, I forgive me for Because
1: I know if if I'm right I I remember from a kid watching the Scooby-Doo episode of scooby-doo movie where batman and robin yes appear back in like the early 70s and i i'm almost sure though that that batman and robin were the filmation version or would that be would that be Ooh, wrong because, i i think because i think that came out in the early 70s and super friends was later than that i think. I,
0: I oh god god i can't believe i don't know this i should know this um
1: it's definitely not Adam West and Ward. No, it's Ward, it's Olan
0: and, and Casey Kasem. So Casey Kasem plays Robin and Shaggy, which is which is pretty cool. But I I God I I'm trying to remember now. Is it no? It is. It is. It's um. God, I don't know. I need to check that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it, like it doesn't make sense that it would no, be an Asian Batman yeah.
1: and Robin. But I'm almost sure that it is. But I I could be wrong. I always remember he looked really odd because yeah. He had his cowl, but you could see his neck. Yes. And it kind of did this weird thing under his jawline. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Like it's it's chock full of Easter if you if you are into that Hanna Barbera era of like Justice League and Super Friends and all that stuff. There's loads of references references to that. But, um,
0: but not not just that. Like there's there's references to the animated series. There's references to Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Do you remember that that cartoon? I, I definitely need to do an episode of that someday. I've never seen. I've seen like one episode of that. There's references to. I think I saw a reference to the mechanical monsters, the Max Fleischer. There's stuff from Batman: Brave and the Bold, Batman: The Animated Series. There's Adam West, Stephanie in here. There's just it's they just crammed it full of stuff. It's unbelievable how many they days. did.
1: One of the ones I loved the most was they had they had a guy. Know uh, do you know Ted Knight? Yes, he was the he was the narrator in the original uh, Super Friends cartoon. If you if you, I think he was what was he in was it the Mary Tyler Moore show. But I know mm. him most from Caddyshack. He was kind of the 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 bad guy in Caddyshack. But the the narrator meanwhile, this, the, the whole of justice kind of, that guy, that's the guy, and they kind of imitate his voice for this, and I thought that was great. I really really enjoyed that. But yeah, no, it's chock full of chock full of stuff here. So, so when did you first watch it? Did you watch it recently, or did you watch it when it came out last year? Or when
0: did you? Well, Alan, watch- I, I, I was, I would never download a leaked film. So of course, I only saw this for the first time uh, when I bought the DVD, which I am holding. So in case anybody wants to imply anything, oh, he I actually I'm holding, holding it. it. Okay, for a play. I'm shaking it for the mic. I own this on DVD. I paid for it. So that is the <laughs> first time I watched it. I can guarantee you that. And uh, yeah, I think I, I you know, I, I, I always have a little bit of a kind of a, an alarm bell that goes off where it's kinda like, Do you like this because it's good or do you like it because it's full of all these member berries and it's kinda, you know, it's it's full of all these Easter eggs. And is that the only reason you like it? And I think definitely the second time watching it, I was going, it is kind of coasting on some of this stuff a little bit, like just kind of dangling things for, for attention. But then there's other stuff in it where I'm like, no, that's just cool. And they've, they've done a good job there. And there's a fun story here. Did it need to be 76 minutes long? Probably not. It probably could have been a bit shorter. But Well,
1: I'll I tell you what, my, my daughter did. I, I told you when we were watching it. I got up the other morning and I put it on the TV and me and Alana Jean got two bowls full of cereal and we sat on the couch, like a couple of four-year-olds. Love it. And about 40 minutes into it, Alana Jean turned to me and she said, is there much longer <laughs> left in this? So I was like...
0: <laughs> and you know what? I was actually thinking... Kids, kids are harsh, man. Kids are harsh, but you know what as well? I wouldn't recommend this to someone younger than sort of eight or even nine years. Like, I mean, there's a lot of kind of... A lot of the humor is... People talking. Like, it's not, it's not, there isn't as much. Whereas the old, old Scooby Doo cartoons that were only 20 minutes long, there'd be, there'd be a lot of talking, a lot of mystery solving, but like they were only 20 minutes long. So there was a lot of slapstick and a lot of action. Whereas this, it has a lot of action, but there's also a lot of kind of padding and character stuff that would just go over the head of a, of a very young child. So I think it, you, you probably, if you're showing this to a kid, you want them to sort of be like, you know, eight, nine, ten. So they can really sort of appreciate it. I, I feel like very young kids are going to be bored watching this, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, and she was. She she got bored after about half an hour. Her her interest was lost in it. Um, and that's not always the case with stuff. But yeah. it, but it, but it was it was with this. Um. Yeah. No. I like I said, I watched it during the week. I I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I wondered the same thing. Was a lot of like member berries and stuff. I was you know pointing things out and saying it to Alana Jean. Like Alana Jean got very excited when she saw, um, the sixty six Batmobile in it at a one yeah. point. Um, and she got very excited because she has a, a toy version of that particular Batman, uh, Batmobile. Um, and that's obviously my favorite one as well. But there's loads of that kind of, it's chock full of that kind of stuff. As a Scooby-Doo movie in general, like, do you think it holds up with other stuff that's come out currently or in the past? Or where do you think it stands, kind of in the pantheon? Of, in the pantheon of, of, of Scooby-Doo?
0: I, I, um, I definitely think there there are obviously far better ones. I think of the sort of newer ones I've seen, this is definitely up there. It's definitely a bit better than some of those that like so, some of the recent ones haven't been great but like some so zombie island is genuinely fantastic which is ghost which has tim curry in it is great alien invaders which has mark hamill in it that's great like there, there's kind of three or four of them from the 90s that are genuinely excellent and this is just i would say this is very good to very good um so yeah.
1: i will come back to mark hamill later yeah on as well. yeah
0: uh, mark hamill by the way i before we Sorry, we will come back to Mark Hamill later on. I, I've serious bit of trivia I want to drop about Mark Hamill. So we'll go through it. So the story basically starts off with the gang in
1: the Mystery Machine heading towards Metropolis. Uh, we find out that uh, they've well, it, it actually starts off. Sorry, big, big, big. My pardon. It starts with Lois and Jimmy in uh, the Hall of Justice, and they see a phantom, this kind of lava fire kind of creature. And they end up uh, calling the mystery, the the mystery incorporated, because it turns out Justice League are MIA, missing in action. And then we go to the uh, the mystery incorporated gang, traveling to Metropolis. Uh, we get the Superman Doomsday theme music. So I I know I know you're excited about this. So talk to me about this. So.
0: Yeah, so I was texting you this last night. I really like Robert J. Kral's uh, Superman Doomsday theme. I'm not a huge fan of Superman Doomsday, and I'm not a huge fan of Superman vs. the Elite either. But the, the Superman theme in both of those movies, it's by a guy called Robert J. Kral, and it's very, very different to all the other Superman themes, which are usually fairly influenced either by the John Williams theme or the Max Fleischer theme. This one really—it's really unique. Like it, it, nearly sounds more like a kind of a regal, kind of a like Lord of the Rings type theme. And the way he arranges it in this Scooby Doo movie, I particularly like. It's like usually it's dun 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 dun, but now in this version he's made it dun 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 dun. So it's it's got that little Superman hook at the end. I just think it's really lovely, man. And when it showed up in this, I was like, yeah, it's back.
1: Yeah, and we're going to we're going to close the episode with it, so people can listen to it at the end.
0: Superman and Doomsday came out in like two thousand and seven, and this is now twenty twenty four. It
1: came out in two thousand and seven. Yep, yeah. yeah, it was the first of those um, DC original animated movies. It'll be
0: nearly twenty years old in a couple of years, and and he's still go, he's still going strong with that theme. So yeah, great, Robert J. Kral uh,
1: and and it's it's popped up before because. I'm almost sure it was in Superman vs. the Elite. Yeah, th- th- I was point. saying,
0: yeah, I, it's in Superman Doomsday and Superman versus the Elite. And I think it might even be in a third film. There might be a third one in there somewhere
1: yeah i'm almost sure there is um but yeah like i noticed it straight away i was like yeah it's good cool. no i don't i'm not in love with it i think it's it out of, especially out of the 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 ones that have come you know dc animated ways it's it's definitely the best by far um but it was nice it was nice to see it and nice to hear it and i was like um pointing at it going oh that's that's what that is and um, so yeah the gang hits metropolis metropolis is under siege and uh, we've got straight off the bat general zod non and ursa pretty much stylized like they were in Superman the movie and Superman 2 none as bald yeah. that's the big difference yeah. and Ursa is wearing a little bit of a headband yeah. but like it's Terrence stamps on 400%. and they're wearing the black uniforms with the red uh, where you can't really see the red in the actual films but the, they were kind of red lined yeah.
0: along their, their trimmings or whatever you want I, to call I it. think that might be and, a Donner and, Lester thing it's like the, in some shots they've definitely got red and then in others they it looks more like kind of navy black
1: and and they're in the film a good bit, uh, non-speaking roles, kind of just lumbering. They don't really say much. There's not much dialogue. They're not the main villains or anything like pretty that. Pretty cool though. You're not getting Terrence Stamp. Yeah, pretty cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, really, really.
0: We we almost never see Zod in animated stuff. Um, it's it's usually like Jacksaw or or they just won't do a Kryptonian villain at all. So I can't remember the last time I saw General Zod. I've definitely never seen Non or Ursa. And I've definitely never seen anything so clearly influenced by the Christopher Reeve movies and any of the animated stuff. So I was like, that's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was great to see. I really enjoyed it. Uh, We also get Joker and Harley. We get Giganta, uh, Solomon Grundy, and we get Brainiac uh, towards the end of each ship, and it's all this one sequence of uh, the mystery machine tr- racing through the true metropolis and kind of coming upon all these guys because it's, it's just metropolis is havoc has been wreaked in metropolis. Mm. Um, so the gang meets Jimmy and Lois and uh, Jimmy basically thinks that Daphne is his girlfriend because they went on a date in camp and he's kind of he's
0: gotten carried away creeping on
1: her a bit over the last 15 years man surprise
0: surprise <laughs> I absolutely love all the Jimmy Olsen stuff in this he's so funny he's just a complete he's a complete loser and he, he's telling everyone that Daphne Blake is his girlfriend because she danced with him because she felt sorry for him at camp like three years ago or something like that and he's been going around ever and since. I have to
1: say I have to say that I laughed out Cloud when Lois was just kind of just assumed that Velma was his girlfriend. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I just assumed it was you. that was
0: great. Uh, I loved all that. That, that. that was the stuff where I was like, okay, no, they've actually they've done. Their, not only have they done their homework here, they've they've they're doing they're doing right by these characters, and these are characters that we don't see enough of in these animated things. I, I can't remember the last time Jimmy had a substantial role in any of these animated movies. So it was great, kind of giving him so much to do in this.
1: Yeah, it was, and they kind of referenced the or they rehashed the Terry Hatcher Saturday Night Live joke where Velma takes off her glasses and Lois doesn't recognize who she that is anymore. I thought that, that that. I, thought was, Saoirse, I thought that was even great. Even Cirsha,
0: Even laughed at that. And the, 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 my my favorite bit in the Daily Planet stuff was uh, there there's there's madness going on outside. General Zod is attacking or whatever, and and uh, Perry White, who unfortunately only gets like one line in this whole thing, he goes, "Great Caesar's ghost." and uh shaggy and scooby immediately recoil as they do cuz they're so afraid of ghosts and then shaggy has this line where he goes it's not not only is it a ghost it's a ghost named after a salad <laughs> i just thought that that i thought that was nice <laughs>
1: Um, so the gang then go to the Hall of Justice and we get uh, another Easter egg where we see this kind of uh, takeaway uh, van, vendor van at the front that's kind of stylized after Challenge of the Super Friends, which is pretty cool. Um, and then we go into the Hall of Justice and we get just this plethora of Easter eggs. We get the Superpowers Powers uh, Supermobile. Uh, we see the Wonder Woman jet. We see the 66 Batma- uh, Batmobile. That's the one I was saying that um, AJ got so excited about. Uh, we meet Lex Luthor and rex luthor his dog rex ruth which is yeah. great <laughs> um and they're uh, they're 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 making a plea they want to buy the hall of justice so basically uh, justice league has disappeared and the city has decided to allow tourists and stuff to tour uh, the, the hall of justice to make uh, money obviously to keep things going or whatever and Lex is, is annoyed about this he wants to to buy to to buy the Hall of Justice, basically. And very similar to, I said his name earlier on, what was it, Uh, Charles Halford. Very similar kind of performance, I thought, to Clancy Brown.
0: Yeah, I I thought both, I thought Lex, Lois, and Jimmy all sound like they they basically cast people who could do impressions of the equivalent actors in Superman the Animated Series, which I I wasn't crazy about that. Like, I would have liked a more, a more uh, kind of original take. But that being said, I, I did love Charles Halford as Lex in this because he is he is kind of emulating Clancy Brown in his delivery, but boy howdy is he playing the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor in this like oh he is and like and the, very they, much so towards the end very we'll much so that. towards the end we'll get that but like just throughout like it's he's very much the kind of buffoonish Lex Luthor that I, I you know controversially I I kind of like when they do it that way because I just can't take billionaires seriously anymore and neither can this movie. This is a great joke where he's trying to buy, uh, he's trying to buy something out of a vending machine and it won't accept his dollar. (laughs) It won't accept his dollar and Fred is like, oh, you have to flatten it. It has to be crisp or whatever. And it's like, it is crisp. Look at it. And it's got his face on it and that's why it won't accept it. (laughs) He's like, I had them minted when I was president. They're legal tender. I was like, and I, I love the fact
1: that he's just, there's, there's one point where they, he's constantly trying to refer to himself as president and someone yeah. refers to him as president and he's like, no tixie-backsies. no takesie back <laughs> <I don't
0: laughs> they, 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 They're pretty on the nose about the whole president thing. And it's like, oh, well, I barely remember your presidency. And he's like, oh, well, I only ran for one term. or I only had one term. You're kind of like, hmm, what does that remind me of? But I loved all that stuff.
1: So the gang meets Crypto who initiates the Hall of Justice lockdown, locking everyone in. So basically the Phantom uh, attacks as they're in the Hall of Justice and they kind of run away and they encounter Crypto who initiates a lockdown and they're all, for the majority of the film, they're all locked inside the Mm. Hall of Justice. And that's kind of the premise of the film. Um, so the gang goes and explores. Uh, I liked Fred quotes the famous. So Fred finds Batman's utility belt. Oh yeah, and puts it on. It becomes this big thing for uh, for the whole duration of the of the of the film. And uh, Fred quotes the famous Kevin Conroy uh, line when he wears the cape and the utility belt. You know, I am. You do it. You do it better than me. I it, am vengeance.
0: I am the knight. I am. And then he gets cut off, doesn't he? Batman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so the gang then gets chased within the halls of justice by the supervillains who have come in, mm. and they kind of enter this kind of holodeck.
0: Yeah, and th- this this is a thing from the comics. So in in the comics, the Justice League have a training room, and it's called the kitchen. And and in this thing, it's also called the kitchen, and it's it's kind of like a holodeck. Which excites Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, because they think it's, it's yeah kitchen. they think it's literally a kitchen. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so every time uh, for for some reason Shaggy's voice is is authorized by the Justice League computer, so everything he says starts becoming real, and all these other villains. He's like, "Gee, Scoob, I hope the Joker doesn't show up," and it's like authorized or Harley Quinn authorized, and then they all start showing up one after the other, and uh, they're running around, and it takes them a while to kind of figure out that it's all simulation, and you know, in 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 typical Star Trek style, uh, the the this this room being a holodeck type. Uh, kind of comes back later on in the story
1: yeah and scooby and shaggy obviously there's certain ten poles in scooby-doo uh, one of them is the chase sequence which yes. you get later on another one is the scooby shaggy kind of dress up shtick oh yeah and we get that here where, where they dress up to try and distract uh, they bring him what do they do bring him on a tour or something yeah uh, it's it's a little uh, bit it reminded yeah. me
0: of our friend matt truex it's kind of like it, it's like they're doing the uh, the warner brothers studio tour or something like that oh, yeah. and he's he's walking them around <laughs> the different spots he's like we're walking we're walking." Um, and uh, yeah, they kind of use that to buy time, which they always do. Uh,
1: The gang plays kind of 3d security footage in the holodeck that shows the night the justice league disappeared. And then Solomon Grundy turns up and chases them. My daughter wants to know uh, if he was the brother of the Hulk. Yeah, which I thought was a fair question. He's kind of Hulk like
0: in um, in the oh, like a, in the in the dc in the justice league show they pretty much just made him the hulk and there was an episode i always remember there was an episode where they kind of did a tribute to the defenders and it's like doctor fate stood in for doctor strange and there was a couple of other like stand-ins like that where the the equivalent dc character was standing in for the equivalent marvel character and solomon grundy was in that episode standing in for the hulk which i thought was cool
1: yeah. Um. And like, I don't know too much about Solomon Grundy. I. I obviously know the the background to him and the the stuff from Arkham and stuff. Mm. I don't know too much more than that. But yeah, no, he's 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 good. He's good in it, and he kind of he turns good towards the end. Um. So we get the classic We get the classic Scooby Chase solomon grundy catches scooby and crypto but then he kind of disappears leaving them leaving them behind and we get multiple this is where i twig kind of what was going on we get multiple phantoms turning up yeah and they're all kind of justice league ish so obviously the justice league are kind of trapped and you can see it there's uh, there's one moment where one of the phantoms is kind of looks like he's sad or kind of in pain or something mm. so you can tell that it's it's not what 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 it's what what it's look what it looks like it's not what it says in the tin um <clears throat> So uh, yeah, so Solomon catches Scooby. Uh, he disappears. Multiple phantoms appear, and then Mercy uh, Mercy Mercy Graves is in it. Odd depiction of Mercy, I thought. Oh, I loved Mercy in this. Yeah, she's kind of a she's kind of like a she's kind of dressed like a kind of a football mom or something. She's
0: <laughs> she's not the Mercy from that I, I'm she, used to. She's a put upon millennial personal assistant who does all the work and gets none of the credit. I, I I loved that because <laughs> usually, like usually in the cartoon, she's just this sort of badass who can who can just she's just sort of the muscle for Lex. I I thought they they, they came up with a really cool original idea for Yeah, her her she's seven. kinda like
1: Grace Jones in a View to a Kill kind of a character. She's kinda like yeah. just, just this kind of yeah um so the gang pretend to lex that they solve the mystery and they come up with this kind of really mundane answer which infuriates lex on the holodeck and that's to draw mercy out and she's holding a phantom zone projector very similar in style i don't know what that's meant to look like in the comics but it's very similar in style to the superman the animated series fan yeah it, it's today.
0: specifically the one from the animated series definitely it's got that really yeah. unique design where it almost looks like a tongue <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a snout or something.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um so Mercy basically announces how she's frust- she feels frustrated and un- unseen like you were saying there as Lex's PA or personal driver and she's frustrated that Lex has kind of lost his edge over the last while and he's not as evil as he used to be. Um so Mercy announces that she used the projector to make the Justice League disappear and planned to ha- uh, and planned to turn the Hall of Justice into a villain headquarters. But then her plans were scuppered when the mayor opened it up for tours and allowed tourists in and stuff. So then she came up with the idea of the Phantoms to scare the tourists away. Yeah. You could kind see kind of a classic Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, but you could see how screws. like a very young child would be like, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it turns out that the Phantoms are actually
1: the Justice League and they're trying to escape the Phantom Zone. I presume that wasn't a big twist to you
0: no oh no not at all but what what was surprising to me was even though they find this out there's still an entire third act before the Justice League are free I, I was surprised that like the Justice League really don't show up until the very last scene so there's no big like Justice League action in this but what there is is Lex Luthor's bulldozers arrive and then Mercy's like oh really just normal bulldozers Lex and he goes oh you know don't underestimate me or somebody presses a button and they turn into these giant robots like kind of that look like yeah. Lex's power, power armor the, 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 the classic yeah Luthor the, the, the kind of green and purple
1: it turns out that Lex so Lex reveals that he always knew Mercy's plans and that he allowed her to continue with them so that he could buy the Hall of Justice so then she's all loved up with him again and she kind of jumps into his arms
0: gives him a big hug and that's when he would get this kind of army
1: of power suits which I thought was cool
0: and and at this this is, this is around the point where he, he drops the land quote much to everyone's I, I could hear a lot of people groaning now and when, when he said that because the whole <laughs> so joke he basically
1: was, verbatim quotes the gene hackman monologue from uh from superman the movie the, the you, you know you probably know it word for word i don't but it's it's basically the one where he talks about his father
0: literally it's like well, when i i always remember my father he said to me son and then shaggy takes their old miss test market, he says get out he says no before that son uh the th- Stocks may rise and fall. Uh, people are no damn good, but they need—they—they they will always need land, and they will pay through the nose to get it. Remember, my father said, "Land." And like he qu- he quotes this verbatim. And you know, it just made me think. Okay, I really like this, but there's going to be a lot of people who hate this because when Superman Returns came out, and everyone just groaned that it was another land-grabbing scheme, and that Lex in the movies is only ever about land and all this kind of stuff. But I, I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, but
1: the thing you have to remember is these kids have a fucking clue what happened in Superman the movie because they've never seen it. <laughs> Absolutely not, no. And so it turns out that Rex Luthor, the dog...
0: Rex Rex Ruthor, Alan. Rex, Rex Ruthor, is it? Because he's a dog. He's Rex Ruthor because he's a dog. And in the Scooby-Doo universe, the, the few dogs that can speak, uh, they just they just put ors, or R's at the top of everything. No. They can't say any other.
1: You, you mentioned something there that I actually want. So I'm going to ask you about it now. Was it kind of strange that Scooby-Doo could talk, but Crypto can't?
0: Yeah, but there's loads of examples of that in Scooby-Doo, so don't think too much about it. There's loads of, like, it's 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 seldom that you'll have more than one talking animal in Scooby-Doo. Like, very often, especially in the kind of animated movies and stuff, there'll be Scooby, who is kind of capable of varying levels of speech, and then there'll be other dogs that are just normal dogs. dogs. Kind of like yeah. Pluto and uh, uh, Goofy? Goofy, yeah, very much like that, yeah. Now I should—I'll correct myself there. Some of Scooby Doo's family members show up in in various cartoons, and some of them are very erudite. Like his mother and father are like.
1: I do remember. Did, and, he, but,
0: did he have a cousin who was like a white dog or something? Sco, Scooby Dumb, I think his cousin was, and he was in that one series. He was a white—he was kind of a white Great Dane with with a red hat, and he was really stupid. Uh, Scooby dum and then and then he. He had a hot cousin called Scooby D. I remember. Okay, whoa, 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 uh, there. a bunch
1: what, of them. what? He had a what cousin?
0: Oh, sorry, Alan. <laughs> 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 Can you arrest me for that? I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, know. probably. Uh,
1: so Rex Ruthor turns out to be a robot, very kind of uh, Metallo style. He's got a kryptonite heart. It ends up with a big battle with uh, with Crypto. Uh, the gang fights with Lex and Mercy for control of the projector. Daphne uses
0: batarangs to destroy Rex. Daphne is badass in this by the way she's flying around on batman's grappling hook from the new batman adventures she's kicking ass then velma gets into the power armor at one stage she does doesn't she yeah and she's fighting lex and that that's really really cool just just great stuff and it's really well animated there's there's cool like it's like a mix of cgi and hand-drawn animation you're Good you're, stuff. you're
1: you're you're meant to fancy daphne right like i'm not weird like you're you're you're, you're meant to have a bit of a crush on daphne right
0: yeah but it's all about velma nowadays man velma like sexy velma is a a thing i think linda Cardellini just sort of activated everybody's (laughs) interest in velma
1: horniness activated uh so fred turns up with friends in invisible sorry uh, fred turns up in the uh, wonder woman invisible tank is that something from the comics
0: I don't know. Maybe it is. I like. I'm I, like. I don't really know enough about that invisible jet. Like, is that is that a thing from the comics or is that from a cartoon or is that? It, I, it
1: was I, definitely in Super Friends. Know. She was always in the Invisible Jet, in Super Friends. So it, well now. I remember
0: it in Super Friends. I don't. Was it in Linda Carter's show as no. well? Maybe. I I, d- I don't d- think
1: so. I don't think so. I I,
0: I, 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 really don't know enough about Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. I, I need to read more Wonder Woman comics. Again,
1: Michael Bailey is screaming at us going, yeah! She, she yeah. had it. She had an episode four of it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just we're we're letting the slide down here. Um, so uh, Crypto gets control of, of the projector and uses it on the robot army before returning to Justice League. Uh, Lex and Mercy get arrested, and yeah, so the Justice League are saved. They turn up. We don't get much action out of the Justice League. Um, it's not really no. a movie about them it's not Scooby-Doo and the Justice League
0: um, but i think it i think it was kind of a pleasant surprise that they that they, they, they did make that decision cuz there was so much other stuff that like to keep it as a Scooby-Doo movie i think it was better to kind of keep them separate from it you know absolutely and um, and
1: we get uh, um we get Nolan North the Superman i don't think he's played the character before Again, I could be wrong. No, I
0: don't. I don't think he has either. I I think he's definitely good. He's definitely playing that kind of very stoic sort of super friends. Good evening, citizen. Like the very very deep voiced Superman. But I thought he was good. Yeah, I I really liked Fred Tatassior as Perry White when he has his one great Caesar's ghost. I was like he just sounded just right. And I liked James Arnold Taylor as Jimmy Olsen. He's um. I feel like he's played Batman in some in something else. Uh,
1: there was there's a little sequence at the end where Clark uh, returns in his what I really appreciate. his classic kind of superpowers, you know, uh, Silver Age suit, the blue suit with the with the red tie with the stripes on it. I really like that. I love that look for Clark so Kent. Good. And then everything's pretty much back to normal, and it's it it comes to an end. So yeah, I. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, to sit there and eat some cereal of a Saturday morning and watch this. Like I said, it's what is it? 76 minutes, I think. Um, So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, me too. I think um, I think if you are both a Superman fan and a Scooby-Doo fan, of which I am both, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot of fun. If you're only a fan of one and not the other, I'd say still give it a try. You know, I think there's a lot here to like, even if you're just a DC fan um and yeah i mean if if you're a weird 35 year old man who still likes scooby-doo you, you know settle in for a great time
1: <laughs> um some of the more of the easter eggs that we we didn't mention Um, when scooby-doo and the gang enter the trophy room in the hall of justice they encounter a number of objects uh, including the helmet of naboo a 1940s era batmobile uh, playing cards representing the, loyal, the, the Royal Flush Gang. We yes. get uh, Starro the Conqueror. We get a Manhunter, power rings and batteries of the various Lantern Corps. Um, Alana was very excited about that because I have a one-to-one scale uh, Green Lantern, Lantern with a ring. And ah, she was like, oh cool. my God, they have your lantern. So she was very excited about that. Um, and then they had kind of posters on the wall which uh, represent different eras of Super Friends, the TV show. Um, we spoke about the the challenge of the Super Friends truck um did you oh see yeah. that so, poster
0: on the wall of it looked like a george reeves black and white superman but there was like go-go dancers behind him i wasn't really sure what they're going for there maybe it was like maybe it was like a reference to the 1966 broadway musical it didn't really seem like it was george reeves but i, I yeah it was kind of a mix the one that stood out to me was the the spacesuit from superman the animated series was there as yes. well did you spot that yeah and I the, the, the kind of Dark Knight Returns armor was there, but it was specifically the one from the Brave and the Bold cartoon, which I thought was cool as well.
1: Do you know who Black Vulcan is?
0: Black Vulcan. That sounds like a fake superhero from Super Friends from when they made a bunch of randomers like uh Correct. Apache Chief and all that. Am I right? Yeah. Am I? Oh, you are cool.
1: absolutely so when Shaggy and Scooby Doo are going through the outfits the Justice League locker room, they throw the costume of Black Vulcan on the floor. A black Vulcan is a superhero with lightning power similar to black lightning that was created uh solely for Amazing. the Super Friends TV show. Um
0: what, yeah. what's the story there? What why was there a bunch of random like bootleg superheroes in Super Friends? I have no idea. I have no idea. And some of them were kind of racist as well. Like, oh Patch yeah, they chief. were all like
1: the Apache yeah, <laughs> chief was. I presume the Wonder Twins weren't for, created for that. I presume they existed before, did they?
0: No, I think the Wonder Twins were created for the show. And and Marvin bef, before the Wonder Twins, there was also Marvin and his sister. I can't remember her name, but Shaggy definitely wears Marvin's t-shirt that, with the big M on it in one scene and the green cape. Do you remember that? No. There's another Super Friends. I think it's the first season of Super Friends. There was like before the Wonder Twins, there was these other guys. Um, and yeah, definitely Shaggy is wearing his Marvin and Wendy. I've just looked it up here. Marvin, Wendy and the Wonder Dog. And uh, Shaggy is definitely dressed up as Marvin in uh, in, in this.
1: So well, was that like a ripoff kind of a thing?
0: How do you mean a ripoff?
1: like what is it's not like like I know there was a lot of kind of rip off cartoons of Scooby Doo back in the 70s and stuff was that kind of something that was there any kind of Oh well there, I
0: I, I well I know Hanna-Barbera made uh, Super Friends so maybe and they made a lot of shows where where it was like there was a dog or like a a funny kind of sidekick they even made a Godzilla cartoon um so I I'd, I'd imagine they they kind of said right well every cartoon needs a dog we'll, we'll have Wendy Marvin and the Wonder Dog
1: even if you go back to the 80s there was a Mr. T cartoon that I still remember to this day and it was the premise of the Mr. T cartoon was that Mr. T would go around in a van not too dissimilar from the mystery machine yeah solving mysteries with a group of acrobats teenage acrobats so like it was like, it. it was a weird time it was a weird time <laughs> um, so overall yeah, yeah thumbs up for Scooby Doo and Crypto 2
0: I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, no harm, no foul. Seventy six minutes. It does right by Scooby Doo. It does right by DC. It's it's a bit of fun in a time when I think there's way too much stuff that takes itself way too seriously. And I think uh, whoever whoever kind of crafted this, produced it, wrote it, everything else. I think they did their homework. And I think uh, the, the, the 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 Easter eggs they can be a little bit distracting at times. But I also think they earn they earn the right to use a lot of them. And I really really liked Jimmy and Lois in this and and Lex especially and I would like it nearly made me think if if it meant that we could get more of them, I would happily take I would happily watch more animated movies without Superman in them at all pretty much if it meant if it meant we could spend more time with these supporting characters because they're so great and they work so well in this and I just really really enjoyed it and, and I feel like the other animated stuff doesn't do enough with them and when they do show up, they do the same derivative stuff, whereas this really felt original and different, and I really liked the jokes in it. Um,
1: At the end of and, the day, I'm just glad it got released after the amount of effort that was put into it. Like, this thing of yeah. cancelling, cancelling films and not releasing them for tax write-offs, it just has to stop. Like, it's just, it's, it's not cool. No,
0: no, absolutely not. But it, it's going to keep happening, so get used to it. <laughs>
1: um so yeah so just before we finish we're gonna we're gonna chat I, I, we were talking um when we said we we chat about this movie about other thing other characters dc characters that scooby-doo has met up with and kind of teamed yeah. up with over time we alluded to earlier on to the uh the, the one from the early 70s where he meets up with batman and and uh robin i think that's was that's Cape crusader caper i think that was that
0: yeah so almost... so the, there was two separate uh, the, so that that's from a series called the new scooby-doo movies which it, it, it's called the new scooby-doo movies but they were in fact like episodes but each episode was like 40 minutes long and uh, there there are two batman centric episodes um and the first one has i think the first one has joker and the penguin i think they both have the joker and the penguin actually the first one's called the dynamic scooby-doo affair and uh the, le- later on then there's one and it is called the caped crusader caper yeah so we're yeah right
1: yeah there. that that rang some bells with me he's never he never teamed up with superman in that era did he
0: no, never, no. That, that's why it's so, I think this is, like, there's definitely comics where he meets Superman, but I don't I don't know if there's ever a cartoon where Scooby-Doo has met Superman before. I suppose Mystery so.
1: Incorporated, Solving Mysteries, Batman, Detective kind of goes hand in hand. Now, I did see, we were talking, <clears throat> excuse me, we were talking about other um, team-ups where he teams up with Batman and stuff, and w- one that I want to just mention very briefly is I watched about a year ago the Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold, and yes, I ter- yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that I thought that was really really strong really really good a lot of humour with Batman and Aquaman and inside jokes and all this kind of stuff really really enjoyed that
0: I, I own that and I haven't watched it the whole way through yet but yeah I can't wait I've heard that one's really really good as well and Brave and the Bold like and Scooby-Doo are are, are kind of a natural uh, a natural blend there so uh, yeah looking forward to that one uh, Brave and the Bold is another one where I was like when it came out I think I think I was like I was like 18 or 19 when that came out. And I was like, Oh, this is a disgrace. Like they're going back to Adam West. What are they thinking? And then for years, people for, for years, people were talking about how good it was. And I was like, Oh man, maybe I need to go back and give that a go. And anytime I have watched it, I'm like, this is a lot of fun. And like Superman shows up, he's great in it. And, so yeah, I definitely, I, I, even own some of the toys. Like I've seen episodes here and there, but I need to go back and watch the whole thing. The it very first episode show. where
1: he, where he team, where where Superman is in it, and he gets exposed to red kryptonite, and he, he, uh, Batman fights him, and he's wearing his Dark Knight suit and stuff. There's so many references that are, it's so, and it's so fun, and it's kind of a George Reeves esque. Superman, I I really enjoy that. I go back to that one regularly. Um, But you mentioned an episode of, I think it's what, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, which came out in 2019, and it featured the late, great Kevin Conroy. So tell me about this.
0: So Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is kind of like a new modern version of the new Scooby-Doo movie. So every episode they meet uh, celebrities or fictional characters. And uh, so, for example, yeah, they, they meet Batman. They also meet people like whoopi goldberg and keenan thompson from saturday night live I th- billy d williams is in an episode morgan freeman gets an episode and then there's kind of a bunch of randomers that we wouldn't really know that well and the share comes back and they actually refer back to the previous time they met share which is like in the in the 60s or 70s there's a george takei episode anyway th- there is an episode where they meet batman and um it is called uh uh it's called um, what a nice what a nice for a dark knight. now uh, even
1: i know even i know i'm gonna hit you with some scooby-doo trivia you probably yeah. know this already so i'm going to make yes. myself look like an idiot uh the title is based on what a night for a night which is the original episode where they encounter what is it, the black knight or the dark knight or what the, the, an the actual black knight, knight in it's, armor
0: it's actually the very first episode of scooby-doo where are you so there you go oh, i didn't know that i didn't yeah know that. so very well spotted yeah it, it is a reference to that and uh as so often happens in Scooby-Doo, um, Alfred is revealed to be Daphne's uncle, yes. and that that's why they're traveling to... But I think they come up with this roundabout explanation that he's not really her uncle, he's just related to someone who... It turns
1: out he was just like her butler yeah, <laughs> at one but, point for a summer or something.
0: <laughs> uh, so, so they're traveling to Wayne Manor, and it's a very Adam West-looking Wayne Manor, isn't it? And, and they get passed out by the Batmobile, which is just literally the 60s one, isn't it?
1: It is literally the scene The only difference... Yeah, and it's a cool scene where the Batmobile is kind of growling up behind them and overtakes them and shoots off. Um, it is pretty much... And again, Alana Jean was like, Oh my God, it's your old Batmobile that you gave me again. I'm so excited because, you know, it's not. It's, she thought like it was just old. And... Um, but uh, the only thing I noticed was when he's using the when he's sitting in it it doesn't have the red phone the original one had a red like yeah. a handheld phone he has a push button phone um but yeah it's it's cool to see it
0: again I, I look that's my favorite Batmobile I just think it's so stylish I, I love it We've talked about this before it's I wouldn't say it's actually my favorite Batmobile it's definitely up there but I always say though that if I could own a Batmobile and drive it around and like just cruise around town in a Batmobile it would be that one because it's the only it's that one and the Robert pattinson one are the only ones that look like they would actually be pleasant to drive and kind of fun and cool to drive all the other ones would just be a nightmare (laughs) especially on irish roads they're so narrow (laughs) so like if i if i and there's this crowd fiberglass freaks um i don't know if i've ever told you this There's a crowd in america they're officially licensed by warner brothers to make replicas of the 66 batmobile that you can just buy and like like i think three hundred thousand dollars I think they start at 40 grand and they go up from there and like wow. this, yeah, like the the fully souped up one has like pretty much all the gadgets, like including the phone and all the stuff, but like you can get a cheap one as well. Like, so, you know, maybe if, if I'm ever wealthy enough that I can not only buy one of these cars, but house it somewhere that doesn't have our like depressing climate where you'd never be able to drive <laughs> it. And over, I definitely like, want to get one of those.
1: Not to, not to brag or anything, but I, I, I drive a 2014 Ford Mondeo, okay? Oh my, God. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, but I have a little, uh, not to brag even more, uh, but I have a little, uh, like a Hot Wheels uh, Tinker Toy 66 Batmobile mounted on the dash. Um, oh, I love it. I, I just, I've always loved that car and I, in general i absolutely i don't talk about this too much on on the uh, on the podcast obviously because we were a superman podcast but i love the aesthetics of the 60s tv show like it was yeah. it was my first introduction to batman i remember watching it when i was three and four years of age but like yeah, even at my desk here i have the shakespeare bust with the opening head i have i have an operational 60s uh batman telephone like i just love the look of it i love the look of the car i love the look of the batmobile all that stuff it's right up my alley
0: yeah, I'm. I'm the same. I I would say probably the '89 movie trumps it a little bit. But oh definitely, yeah. When, when I when I think of the Batman aesthetics that I that I could just fall in love with and think about for hours, like the '60s shows and like the the signs that the, the way that they're just like printed signs everywhere describing exactly what something is. I'm just there. There was there was a Twitter page years ago called Bat Labels, and it was just entirely devoted to the ridiculously. You know, descriptive signs throughout the Adam West series. It's just such a masterpiece of a show. Um, but yeah, what a night for a Dark Knight. Um, the 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 whole mystery is based around Bat. So Alfred gets kidnapped by Bat, but they find out that Kirk Landstrom is still in Arkham Asylum. So it's somebody else is Bat, basically, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, so Manbass takes Alfred and they investigate that, and they find some lipstick in the in Wayne Manor. Well, first of all, they go into Wayne Manor, and Fred, speaking of the Shakespeare bust, opens up the Shakespeare bust and pushes the button by accident, and Lovely. the wall opens up behind them. And Bat- Bruce is basically taking his underpants off, and he's throwing badrangs at it to try and close it before Fred turns around, which I thought was That's a great thing. Um, but yeah, so they they find lipstick there, and they go to a shopping mall. Uh, did you catch the name of the shopping mall? Miller and Frank's department
0: store Love Miller it. and
1: Frank's department store uh, and it turns out it was closed 50 years ago, and it's the only place that sold this uh, lipstick, which is always very convenient. I wish, I wish crime was so easy to detect like that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and that that's such a, it's such a Silver Age Batman thing as well. It's like, oh, the, check this man's shoes, Robin. It's, it's got a rare type of cement clay. on it. That it's only, <laughs> no, a rare type of clay that only exists in this one part of town And this old they abandoned They actually factory. did that
1: in Beverly Hills Cop as well. <laughs> yeah, they did, um, yeah. But yeah, so they they, they go to this uh, store, this closed down, abandoned store, and a man bat is there. And through the jigs and the reels of it, it turns out it's actually the Joker. It's the Joker using uh, classic Scooby Doo style rigs and pulleys to fly now, around. No, no, like hang man on bat.
0: though. When they're unmasking him, because this is just great. They unmask uh, Man Bat, who who looks pretty much exactly like the animated series one. They take the Man Bat mask off first, and it's Alfred underneath and uh or no sorry they, they take the man mask off and it's kirk langstrom and they go well that doesn't make sense Then they take the kirk langstrom mask off and it's alfred and then and then batman just goes well this is just getting silly <laughs> and then they take it <laughs> off again and it's the joker. the joker i thought that was great
1: and it's mark hamill joker yeah, yeah. And, and again, looks kind of like the Batman the Animated Series. Obviously not exactly the same, but kind of style. He's definitely styled more like the Batman the Animated Series Joker than the Batman is styled after the, the Batman the Animated Series Batman.
0: Yeah, like they, they're both kind of like a hybrid between animated series and Justice League action. You know that the show? The kind of the more recent cartoon? They, they sort of look like a, a blend of the two. Funny thing about Mark Hamill, there's another episode of Scooby-Doo, Guess Who?, where they meet Mark Hamill playing himself. For like I I you know the amount of voice acting Mark Hamill has done over the years, I, I doubt he's ever played himself other than in the Simpsons of course. Uh funny thing about Mark Hamill though, before Star Wars, he had a voice role in Scooby-Doo one time, like in the in the 70s, yeah. Like if you look up his old IMDb, he was in some random episode of Scooby-Doo in the 70s before he was ever in Star Wars. So like and he's, he's in Scooby-Doo a lot. Like, he he, he was in uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, just, like, playing one of the... He kind of plays the red herring in that, like, because you think, oh, Mark Hamill's in it. He must be the villain. And then it turns out to be someone completely different. Spoiler warning. And he's in a bunch of episodes, and he definitely plays um, the Joker in another episode. I think he even plays the Trickster because the Flash shows up in, uh, in, in this series as well. Like, he, he becomes great friends with Scooby and Shaggy because they just bond over food. Uh, and I think he might be in that. So Frank Miller or Mark, Frank Miller, Mark Hamill shows up in Scooby Doo a lot. Yeah.
1: So overall, I really enjoyed the episode. It was just again, it's like what twenty one, twenty two minutes, just a quick, quick episode. But it's a lot more modern. Like if you go back and watch like the Cape Crusade or Capers and stuff, there re- you were talking earlier, everyone had some of them have dated, and, like they really dated. And um, whereas yeah, this is quite funny. And like if you're a fan of the animated series in different versions over the last thirty years, there's a lot of things there for you to find and get enjoyment out of and
0: all that jazz. I think I, th- I think I can honestly say that you know the way like these corporations buy up these old franchises and they they don't always do right by them. I feel like by and large Warner Brothers has done right by Scooby Doo, because those older cartoons, as much as we love them, the animation in them is terrible. Like it's bad. <laughs> like whereas when Warner Brothers came along, the animation became good. And like the you know the animated movies, they're animated really well. And and this looks really really nice, even though it pays homage to the to the old style as well. So. Yeah, no, I, I I think I think you'll probably get maybe a little bit more mileage out of this episode than the old ones, which are still absolutely Could worth a watch. You see
1: well. a situation where we have like a super pets, style movie featuring Scooby-Doo as well.
0: I kind of feel like that's what that Scoob movie yeah. was supposed to be. No, I didn't see that. I I kind of heard that they really leaned heavily into the superhero side of stuff and there was like I it was Space Ghost in it or there was some No, a Blue else, Falcon. Some,
1: So he's, he's, I think
0: it's that Shaggy
1: and Scooby when they're kids are huge fans of this superhero named Blue Falcon. And then later on in the film, when they're grown, when they're adult, they meet Blue Falcon, but it's not their Blue Falcon. It's his son.
0: Feels like a bit of a departure. Like,
1: yeah. And you've got Dick Dastardly and all these guys in and stuff, but uh, like Alana Jean enjoyed it and it kind of got her into it. So it's, it was fine by me. I thought it was fine. Like, I'm I'm not a huge Scooby-Doo fan, but look, I thought it was fine.
0: My, my question to you, Alan, right? The MCU, no, no, just don't stop me till, don't stop me till you've heard me. The MCU as a talking raccoon with a machine gun. What's to stop James Gunn, who wrote both of the live-action Scooby-Doo movies? Don't stop me till you've heard me. What's to stop James Gunn from bringing Scooby-Doo and Mystery Inc. into the brand new DCU? And would there be anything wrong with that?
1: I I said at the at the top that I wouldn't be shocked if crypto turns up, but if we get like a talking Scooby, <laughs> Scooby Doo, I don't think that's going to go down well with fans.
0: Now, now the only thing I'll say is there's that lovely comic uh, Scooby Apocalypse by friend of the show J M DeMatteis and uh, and Keith Giff, the late great Keith Giffen as well. And he wrote that comic and they, they kind of come up with a little bit like it's still completely ridiculous, but they come up with a bit more of a kind of a science fiction explanation for why Scooby is so intelligent. And, you know, the gang are kind of depicted in a slightly more serious way and stuff like that. It's it's still a ridiculous comic, but they could do that. Maybe I, don't I would know. be
1: I would be surprised. I would be surprised. But I, I, I would be open to seeing crypto and a little more of that lightheartedness. And I think we will. I think, I think with James Gunn, we're going to see that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff he's into. You said it before. He's into these like weird, obscure characters and kind of science fiction elements and all that quirky stuff that we've never seen with Superman on the big screen. Right? That's what I'm I expecting. Rest. I won't rest.
0: I will accept nothing less than Scooby-Doo and Mystery Inc. shaking hands with Batman and Superman on the big screen in live action. Nothing Nothing less.
1: So, folks, uh, you can reach us at All-Star Superfan on Facebook and Instagram at All-Star Superpod on Twitter. And, of course, you can send us an email or a voice note to all Superpod at gmail.com and be in with a chance of being included in our next Metropolis mailbag. But for now, how about we do this Metropolis mailbag? Uh, we got a letter in from Rem- Romello Malone. Romello Malone. So, uh, do you want me to read it?
0: Yeah, go ahead. I think Romello has actually... I think he's written to us before, actually, so it's great to hear from him again.
1: Uh, hi, Rob O'Connor and Alan Burke. Uh, my name is Romello Malone, and I'm a huge Superman fan, and my favourite version of The Man of Steel is Christopher Reeve and Henry Cavill. To me, they do a good job portraying Superman on screen in their own way, especially Reeve. I listened to your ep- I-, I listened to your episode 45 featuring Oliver Harper and Zach Moore uh, discussing the two cuts of Superman 2 directed by Richard Lester and Richard Donner, and I wanted... Uh, to share my opinion and thoughts, uh, what I would have done to have both Richard Lester and Richard Donner's version of Superman Two together as the perfect cut of the film. Um, that episode has really uh, garnered a lot of kind of a lot of people are engaging with this about the Superman Two Ultimate Cut. Um, it's it's got a great response, hasn't it, Rob?
0: Yeah, and I suppose it's it's such a subjective thing, you know, like, I think we were all largely on the same page in the episode ourselves in terms of all favoring the theatrical with little kind of flickers of the Donner Cut, whereas a lot of the people who wrote in kind of favor a lot of the stuff in the Donner Cut. So, like, it does vary from from person to person what they prefer.
1: Um, he, he continues if I had put both cuts of Superman 2 together I would have it be 100% the theatrical version but the scenes I would keep in the Donner cut and deleted scenes are as follows uh, the White House extended scene and Zod using a gun which I think uh, we did. We, we said we'd keep that. That's a great oh, 100%, scene. Yeah, much more menace, and uh, it's much more sinister, and and, and it yeah. does a lot for Zod's character. He's just he's smiling as he's blowing guys away with the with the machine gun. It's great. Uh, Kalel and Jor at the fortress, but find some way to have Cal wearing the Superman suit while talking to Jor about being with Lois. And when Kalel is in the chamber losing his powers, it's Lester's footage. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's actually an interesting solution there, and I, I think that there is the more I think about it, I feel like, and Oliver alluded to this as well in the episode that like there's probably a way of like taking bits of that Lester delivery of Chris Reeve wearing the Superman suit, saying I love her, and she's all I want in life, and then cutting back to Brando. Like you prob there probably is a way of making that work. It would just take a very skilled editor and lots of kind of compositing and masking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But yeah, Oliver uh, Harper
1: mentioned in the episode, he very briefly, he mentioned kind of playing with the idea of doing his own cut. And I would very much like to see that.
0: Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it just it always comes down to the question of like, you know. Ultimately, I still feel like all the Donner stuff, a lot of that would have been reshot, I think, especially Christopher Reeve stuff.
1: Yeah, um, and number three, in Le- in the Leicester cut with Clark entering the fortress, yelling father, then cut to Donner footage with Clark finding the crystal, turning the fortress back on Jor-El, appears and restores Clark's powers. And when the bright light happens, then cut outside, the fortress lights going on, no footage of Clark lying down.
0: That's interesting now, because we, we talked a lot about how, you know, the, the, the Leicester scenes are, are dark and evocative and atmospheric, and then you, you watch the Donner scenes and it's just lit it, it's just like brightly lit and it just feels wrong. So he, he's kind of given us a compromise there where you're cutting to a wide shot of the exterior and the lights going on. I kind of like that. I still think it wouldn't, it, it it would still feel a bit off when the lights are just like brightly lit like that. But that, that is an interesting way around it. And you could do that pretty easily, I think.
1: Uh, point four, both Metropolis fight scenes from both Lester and Donner uh, cut out Luanne. Uh, Luanne. Yeah. Fil-
0: Luan. uh, I still like the- Luanne. <laughs> the big one's as strong as superman she's about to be enslaved all her family anyone
1: she's ever met and she's like oh no no Luna you forgot
0: your change it's a she ridiculous has to go. scene she's great <laughs> uh
1: uh she's still in the film but not in the metropolis battle scene i would cut out silly stuff when zod and the other villains are using their super breath and also cut out the close-up of superman's s shield the close-up of superman's s
0: shield that's one of the new scenes that they shot for the Donner cut in two thousand six, and it's it's really weird, and you can tell that it was like shot like way later. It doesn't feel in line with the with the, with the with the with the movie as it was. Like it looks like a brand new shot. So I, I know what he's talking about there. I I wouldn't
1: take out the entire sequence of of the super breath. I don't know if that's really saying, but there's definitely comedic elements in that scene that I would absolutely take out hundred percent.
0: Yeah, so would I. But at the same time, like, I just love them. Like, the guy's wig falling off, the ice cream going on the guy's face, the guy in the skates. Like, the guy in the skates is in the Donner Cut. It doesn't make any sense, because it's just like, wait a second, there's a guy in skates there? What's that all about? Whereas in the Leicester Cut, there's a whole expanded thing of like, <laughs> reversing in the skates. It's great. And then the lady comes out, you forgot your change! Like, God, the longer I spent... The the, it's, it's the same with Batman Forever. Like, people are always like, oh, we got to take out... Jim Carrey saying joygasm, or you got to take out the guy saying Batman. Eh! No man, I love all that stuff. Keep it in. Um, uh,
1: point five, all uh, deleted scene. All I ask for is ten percent. I think um, he's talking
0: about the Smallville Smasher bit there, and we all unanimously agreed to get rid of that. that. Has to I don't go. Know about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Superman destroying the fortress and Lois and Superman's moment. Your secret is safe with me. Yep, yeah, perfect.
0: hundred percent. I, I love that bit, Jeff. Yeah. Keep it
1: and uh, deleted uh, The deleted scene, try sleeping at night buster. Um, I,
0: don't, I don't know, I, I'm struggling to remember that. I feel like that was one of the deleted scenes that didn't even make it into the Donner Cut. Awesome, hmm, I might need to check possibly. that one yeah. out.
1: It's not ringing any bells with me now, but um, yeah, so uh, to, thanks, Romello. I really appreciate it. Thanks for getting in contact with us. I'm glad you really enjoyed that episode. And uh, yeah, so anybody else who wants to send us in an email, have a read out, or a voice note played.
0: And, and by the way, if anyone wants to take the time and actually cut Superman 2 to our specifications, we will absolutely watch it and review it on the show. So by all That'd means, be super. I don't yeah. think that's ever going to happen, but uh, we'd love if you want to cut it, it,
1: if you want to cut it to our specifications, we'll we'll talk about it on the show. We'll have you on the show. Uh, i'll even give you a free t-shirt how about that <laughs> um so yeah so it's allstarsuperpot at gmail.com folks if you want to send us in um a, a letter or a voice note from metropolis mailbag um so until next time rob we'll leave it at that scooby dooby doo <laughs> stay safe stay super and take care bye bye guys